What is going on, everybody? This is Drew here, and welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is episode number 39.2, and we are here to talk about the conclusion of Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. The year the gear continues. And um, so far it's been pretty good. I've had a fun trip down memory lane. And having having second thoughts on certain stuff, particularly I actually appreciate Metal Gear Solid 2 a little bit more. Yeah. And um, my nostalgia for Metal Gear Solid 3 has waned a little bit. I agree, but uh you know that that's almost a testament to the series that even a game that doesn't live up to Kojima's legacy, I mean this stands alone as a decent game, a good solid fundamental game. Yeah. It, it's not as good as it's not as interesting perhaps as some of Kojima's stuff, but it you know, if if this if this is the downgraded version then the series is doing pretty well. Yeah. There's like I can't I can't really tell you much about Peace Walker because I only made it maybe three or four hours into it. Um But as it stands right now, I think this is the the the, the weakest one for me. As far as a story goes. Um but we'll get into that. Uh we got a lot to cover in this episode. Uh, and we left off um, going into Groznygrad. Uh, we we beat all of the Cobra unit uh, that was still left. That's still alive, I should say. And um, now we're <laughs> yeah. And now we're going into uh, the 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 base itself, where they're keeping the Shagohod and the where everybody is. So we are infiltrating the base itself. And what we need to do is find Sokolov. Because one of our biggest parts of this mission is finding Sokolov and getting him out of there. And the place where they're keeping Sokolov is heavily guarded uh, by um, multiple guards. And they only let in officers to this building. So we're going to have to figure out a way to get past those guys. Eva told us that there is a way to get past them. We're going to have to get an officer's uniform and disguise ourselves as a certain officer. Um, Ivan, how do you pronounce his last name? Isn't it like Rykov Radinovich? Yeah, it, Rykov or something like that. I can't remember. Well, I mean, his last name is basically Raiden. Yeah. Um, and he looks like Raiden. We'll just go ahead and say. Um, and I didn't realize it, but I had the mask. Yeah, that might be a subsistence thing, because I had it as well, and I thought you were supposed to only have it if you picked... I like Metal Gear Solid 2. Right, but I definitely picked one. In fact, I think this time I picked three. I did pick three. I most certainly did not pick two, and I still had the mask. Yeah, that could be a subsistence thing. Just like all the other camo. Yeah. So um, the first thing we got to do is make it into the building 
and then find Ivan. Um, making it into the building is kind of like a puzzle in and of itself for me. Because I kept going to like the southwest and then coming back to the southeast and then going back to the southwest part. And I'm just like, where the hell am I supposed to go? Because there's multiple... Well, they, they did kind of tell us, right? They're like, you should probably go in on the east side. Then you have to go through the middle and then you'll get up to the west side. And he's on the west side. Yeah, they did. But at the same time, I get so fucking turned around. I don't know where... I am exactly until I go through a door or a building and it tells me on the screen where I am. Oh yeah. So I'm just See, like, I will up the map because it is sort of North South is top to bottom. Yeah. So, so I, I want to go eat, shoot over to that side. Yeah. That's that I, I should have looked at the map a little bit more truth be told. I didn't really look at the map much in this game except to, toward the end. Um, uh, which we'll get into a little bit later, but um, so we finally make it to where we need to be, the building that he is in, and uh, he's using the bathroom. Um, my issue was I had to look this up because I didn't know what to do. I knocked him out, and I was like, "Okay, how do I get his uniform? What the hell's going on?" You know, I, I picked them up, dropped them down, picked them up, dropped them down. And I was like, what the hell's going on? I, like, nothing's dropping. So I finally had to pause the game and look it up. And yeah, I, I think Eva will tell you if you call her on the codec. Yeah. And so I didn't do that. Truth be told, I didn't I didn't talk to anybody on the codec throughout this entire game almost. The only person I talked to was paramedic to save and listen to her talk about movies. Um, I Signet... Never talked to him except one time when I had to. So it, it was it, it's weird how I handled this because I I had a decent idea of what to do throughout most of this game, but I never. But when it came to it, I couldn't remember it. You know, I just had a vague m- memory of it somehow. Yeah. So we have to drag him up to where the storage lockers are. And then we can take off his uniform and then put his body in in a uh, in a storage locker. And then I just put on the mask and I just run around wherever I wanted to. So I really, yeah. So when you using the bathroom, is isn't he only using the bathroom or in the bathroom if you're in like a caution if you've been spotted? Is that how it is? Because – so that's what I did at first. Like this section of the game I remembered not exactly what to do, but you know, I remembered exactly following him around and and trying to get his clothes. Sounds kind of creepy, but um, I, you know, I, I had a, a – I remember this section pretty well. But when I went in there, I got spotted and then I was just running around – like running away from people and I popped into the bathroom. Bathroom, and he was just standing there in the bathroom, and I'm like, oh, this is kind of awkward. Uh, and then, what did I do? I, I put back on the scientist uniform and just went outside the bathroom and stood there. And just kind of hid there in plain sight. And nothing was really happening. And then, so, a couple times I tried to knock him out and drag him up, like, the back way, up around, over to the front, and then up the stairs, and then around. 
and I kept getting seen. So I decided to just wait for him to walk on his own. So as soon as the caution ended, he left the bathroom and then walked straight to the locker room anyway. Gotcha. So you can just follow him there and then knock him out and you're done. Gotcha. I will see. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I wasted a whole lot of time trying to drag him up there. Yeah, I wasted a whole lot of time trying to figure out what to do because he was knocked out in the bathroom. What happened was I, I didn't go in with the scientist uniform because I didn't think of that. I just went in as is and got spotted almost immediately and then started tranquilizing guys and knocking them out. And so, oh, so you were seen. You found him in the bathroom. Yeah, I was seen and then was just running around. And I found him in the bathroom and then knocked him out there. Yeah. And then that was when I was like, okay, what the hell do I do now? Because he's not dropping his uniform. Then I had to look it up. So that must be it. When you go into caution, he freaks out and goes to the bathroom. So. Just one more bit of evidence. (laughs) You know, he's so scared. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. We'll get into that very, very soon. So. (laughs) Take him, we take his clothes, we put on the mask, and we go to where we need to go. Um, the guys let us in right away, and we run into Sokolov. Sokolov is there, and um, he informs us that, hey, um, the Shagohov is pretty much ready, and we need to stop it, or, or you need to stop it. Um. While this is going on, apparently Vulcan is on his way there. Or Vulcan. I keep calling him Vulcan. Uh, like Vulcan Raven. <laughs> but um, he he kind of refuses to uh, to come with us. He, 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 he reminisces about his family who lives in the United States. And he's, he's kind of just... I think he he find, kind of feels guilty, almost like Otacon did, about making yeah. a a weapon that turned out to be a weapon of mass destruction, and he kind of wants to go down with the rest of it, and he re, kind of refuses to go with Snake. And by that time, here comes Volgan in, and this next scene, I can't really tell you what the hell happens. So Vogan grabs snakes junk and holds on to it yeah. for a minute. <laughs> and that's how he knows it's not Raiden. Yo, yo, that, that was the great thing about it was that out of context, if you just saw that scene, you would see a guy walking up to another guy Shoving his hand into his crotch and squeezing, not saying a word, and then releasing, saying, "Who are you?" <laughs> and I'm just like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> it's like the small things yeah, like it's that. So weird. It's so dumb. So it was like, like I brought up a good question yesterday on Twitter because you remember Metal Gear Solid Two. Whenever you first take over as uh, Raiden. And you have to go to the first computer to log in or whatever um, in the big shell. And he puts his hand up to him, it, to it, and it shocks the shit out of him. And I'm thinking, why did that? He, why? Why did that happen? <laughs> there was no reason for that to happen. It was just a computer. <laughs> and small things like that in, in these games. I'm just like, what the fuck? 
So Volgan, so apparently Volgan is, I don't know. Cause if he, an interesting thing is that when, all right, we'll get into it, but when you're in the Volgan fight, the fist fight with him and you put on the mask, it stuns him for a second. He starts asking, he's like, are you, are you're not Ivan, are you? He's like, Ivan, what are you doing here? You know, and it, and you get a cheap shot in. You can you can punch him or shoot him or something like that. Um, apparently, he had some type of relationship with this Ivan guy. Yeah, let's be clear. The implication is that they were bisexual together. I'm pretty right? sure. I, I guess. I just I don't know. That's the implication. I don't know though. So. Um, he removes Snake's mask and the cat's out of the bag. Um, Snake tries to retaliate, but oh no, the boss shows up and disarms him like she always does. Um, and, um, and they go to town on him over the next couple minutes. Yeah, beat the living shit out of him. Um, and also, I think, shoots... Um, Sokolov in both kneecaps. Um, somebody does. Yep. You're th- not going there. Yeah, I think it, I think it was actually Ocelot that showed up and shot him in both kneecaps. Or it might it might it actually might have been Vulcan. I can't remember, but um, so he's laying there in pain, and then he just electric punches Snake into oblivion, pretty much. Beats the hell out of him. And uh, they both get dragged into a torture room, um, which is actually kind of a, a more cr- normal. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, no high tech chamber. Not, yeah, not like in Metal Gear One. Yeah, the no no high tech shocking chamber or anything like that. We don't need a shocking machine. We have a shocking man. So. Uh, <laughs> But it's all. But I, I really liked how they did it because it was all done in pitch black. Because Snake's got a hood over his head, yeah. and and he hears somebody getting the living shit kicked out of him, uh, which it turns out it's Sokolov, um, and he 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 beats him to death. Yeah. So so Sokolov is fucking dead, and they take him away, and then they remove the hood. Or no, they don't remove the hood. They they keep talking for a while, and we see that uh, there's Ocelot, Vulcan, um, the boss, and uh, Eva, who is Tatiana, is her cover name, uh, are all standing there. And uh, he keeps beating the shit out of Snake, trying to get information out of him. And then, of course, boss steps in and is like, he won't break. How do you know? Because I fucking trained him not to break. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's, uh, he wants to see where, where her loyalties lie. Because he's still kind of iffy about the boss. So he gives the boss a knife and says, I want you to cut out his fucking eyes. Yeah, a warrior's most important weapon is is his eyes. Yeah. 
So she's getting ready to come over and cut out Snake's eyes. And at that time, I think Ocelot starts getting suspicious of Eva. Because he's like, uh, he keeps smelling her. He knows that smell from somewhere. And, um, see, he wants to do the whole, what's it called? The, the juggling act with the fucking, uh, gun again. Yeah, it's like Russian roulette, but with three guns and only one bullet, and he's juggling them. And so he starts doing it, and I'm chalking it up to Snake fucking knowing that the next bullet is going to be, or the next shot is really going to be a bullet, because that's how badass he is. Like, that's how much, that's how good he was watching. <laughs> and so he, he takes that opportunity to try and shoulder charge Ocelot, and in the process, Ocelot shoots Snake in the eye. Shoots him in his right eye, and the bullet goes through his eye and through the... I guess partially the side of his head. Yeah, it does it. I, I just kind of assumed it was like a glancing blow, so it just got his eyeball, and the rest of his head was fine. Yeah, I think it might have got like part of his eye socket. Yeah. So it went through his eye, through his the the side of his eye socket, and came out. And um, so this is after he's had the shit beat out of him. This guy should be dead. Yeah, Snake should be fucking dead right now. Um. But they, yeah, he he gets his eye shot out, and um, he you know he he's he's lost a fucking eye. I mean that's for the for the rest of the game. If you go into first person mode, it's kind of like you're looking through one eye. Yeah, and I think I I put on a mask again at some point in the game, and that eye was closed. The right eye was closed on the mask. Yeah, I guess that's better than being like a gaping bloody hole. That's true. So uh, after that, everybody's like, oh, shit. <laughs> Even Falcon's like, you know what? Fuck this. Uh, we're going to throw him in the cell, and we'll we'll get some more information out of him later. So um, the... Um, I should I should mention there's one other thing. Well, after Snake loses an eye, if you go in, if you go into fucking first person during this cutscene, you see the sorrow. This happens multiple times, but you see the sorrow like hovering behind everybody, and he's holding up signs. <laughs> and uh, the sign that he's holding up uh, has a Kodak number on it. So uh, when you when you get put into your cell, if you dial that codec number that you saw, it automatically unlocks the door for you. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that that same codec number was also written on the chalkboard when you first start talking to Sokolov, and it stands out because it's it's written much brighter than all the other, you know, the drawings and stuff on the board. I didn't notice that. Because I noticed that, and then I was like, "Oh, I can't wait to call this." I wish these cutscenes would end. <laughs> and then, and then it happened to be the same frequency that that the sorrow was holding up there. So I'm like, "Oh, 
they re- must really be trying to push this. Yeah. So, um, much like all the other Metal Gear games, we are locked up again, and we have to figure out a way to escape. Um, and we have a... What do we have? We have a fork and a revolver, because um, the boss gives us an empty revolver, the revolver that was that shot our eye out. And She's, our pill, right? Yeah, we have our revival pill, which is in our um, tooth. And our, Do we have the other pill as well, or no? Yeah, we have the fake death pill, and we have the revival pill. The revival one's in our tooth. Um, so there's two ways you can escape. One, you can put in the number, and then the door opens automatically. You can just go in and beat the hell out of the, out of the guard. Who sounds an awful lot like the guard that guarded Snake in the first game. But it's not him. Uh, which we'll, we'll talk about next series. Huh. Um, so th- that way you can just go in and beat him up and then leave. Or you can use the, the fake death pill to act like you're dead. And then while he opens the door and comes to check out your body, you can use the revival pill and get back up and beat him up then. So when we get to escape, uh, we kind of have to like book it. Uh, Eva calls us and says, hey, there's a way out. It's through the sewer system, but you really need to hurry your light right now. So we have no gear on us. We are almost, we're pretty much naked. And, uh, have to run through Grozny Grad again, get to the sewer area. And then she calls us and tells us that they're sealing off all the exits to the sewer. So you're kind of stuck there. That was a fun run for me also because, uh, Again, I was spotted on that run, so I had like people chasing me. I had dogs chasing me. I'm like, holy hell, I hope I can slip into the great quickly. <laughs> so they've got guys coming after us down the sewer. On top of that, they've sealed off all the exits. There's only one full, real, one real exit, and it's a doozy. <laughs> so making it through the sewer... Guys chasing us the entire time. We get a nice cutscene of Ocelot standing there, and Snake channels his Harrison Ford as yep. he, he gets ready to jump off of this essentially a waterfall going into a river. And um, he jumps, you know, and Ocelot's all, I'll get you next time, Gadget. And so we float down river. During this time, I don't know exactly what happens. I think Snake almost drowns. And I think this is all happening in his mind. Yeah. Very well could be. So while Snake is floating down river... I, th- that's my theory is that he almost drowns and begins the sorrow boss fight. So snake is in the, this waiting river, which we've seen before, uh, after we beat the pain 
where those machines were flying around and they can spot us and we have to go underwater. Um, and there's this very, very long river that we have to walk through. And uh, the sorrow is there, who is the last remaining Cobra unit, I guess. And he's floating around talking about all the people that we've killed. Yeah, I, I the first time I played this game, I thought this was a really cool fight, and I, I still do think it's pretty awesome. It's very, yeah, it's very interesting. Zoo is, is sort of, you know, ho-hum. But, again, it's just kind of the thought behind it and, and the way it's integrated with the rest of the game that's really cool. Yeah. So, basically, the sorrow fight is Snake is going to have to walk down this river while the ghosts of every person he's killed so far in the game is coming upriver trying to attack him. Uh, and they kind of walk like zombies. So they're, they're not fast at all. Uh, but just trying to dodge all the guys is kind of difficult. Yeah. And they get real annoying too, because in this game, I think at the end I had killed about 130 people. Oh, wow. And about four or five of those, I think I shot and like all the rest of them, I think I slit their throat. Uh huh. So they all coming at me must've said the same thing. Like, Oh, my neck. Oh, my neck hurts. And I'm just like, all right, I get it. <laughs> like, I don't need a hundred of you to tell me that your neck hurts because I cut it. <laughs> so this fight was actually pretty easy for me. I um, The only people that came down the river were the Cobra units that I defeated. Uh, even though I did not kill them, they still right. all died. So I had to I had to deal with the pain, the the fury, the God, the end, and the fear, and that was it. Um. So when I uh, when you make it to the end, there is a body floating in the river, and it's the body of the sorrow. And when you touch it, the screen flashes real fast. And it's it's like the sorrow, but in this really weird looking fucking face. And it goes ah! like that. And I have to say, it made me fucking jump because <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. And then Snake falls over dead. Game over. Yeah, game over. And if you let it sit there too long, it says time paradox. But there's a little difference because if you hold down L2, you can still use your. Items. You go over, select the revival pill, come back to life, boss fight's over. Yeah, I didn't remember that the first time. Oh, you didn't? <laughs> so I went through that in, in it was a long river. For yeah. Me. So I went through that river, died, and then I'm like, well, shit. Because he, you know, he had been talking when I went up and touched the body. And, like, just saying things like, no, you, you can't be dead or something like that. So I died, and then on my second walk through the river, I'm like, I guess I must just have to stand there, and, you know, he's going to realize I'm not dead or I'm going to wake up or something's going to happen. So I just stood there forever in front of that body for, like, 15 minutes. I'm like, That's all right, this isn't happening. And then I just looked it up, and I'm like, yeah, I guess I'm an idiot. 
I let's see. I, that that was one of the things I do remember of this game is I got to use a revival pill here. So I I did get that on the first try, and I got his camo too, which is actually really nice. Um, his camo is uh you no longer make foot sounds, so you can just run right up to a guy behind him. He oh yeah, and he doesn't hear you. Um, and then we snap out of it, wake up on a river bank, <laughs> and uh, we get a call uh, to uh, meet up with Eva, and she has all our equipment, and so that's the next thing we need to do. Go find the waterfall. Yeah, gotta go Let's find a waterfalls. What's that? Start chasing waterfalls. You're not supposed to go chasing waterfalls. Don't don't listen to those people who tell you no. You chase them. <laughs> Some people may not even know what we're talking about. Good for them. Yeah. Back in the 90s, there was a band called TLC. <laughs> go look them up. One of the person is dead. Actually, yeah, she died in a car wreck. She's with the sorrow now. Shouldn't I shouldn't joke about that, but whatever. Um, so yeah, we we go to the waterfall and uh, we meet up with Eva there, and uh, she she gives us our our gear back, um, or quote unquote gives us our gear back. I know Jamie had some issues there, and we talked about it on Twitter. Um, I don't know what ha- what happened there. It sounded like a glitch to me, but yeah. Uh, she gave us our, our gear back and she also gave us, um, another little surprise. Uh, this stuff called C3. It is a new type. <laughs> yeah. This is a new type of, uh, explosive that is basically like putty that you can mold into any shape and it sticks to a surface. Kinda like C4. I'm curious if C4 was originally called C3 back in the 60s and then they changed it to C4 as like a new prototype or some shit. Yeah, third formulation and fourth formulation. Yeah, I mean, that that could very well be true. I'm not certain. Kojima does usually like to model stuff correctly as far as that goes. Like, all the weapons are real. Like, you know, the M1911 is, 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 a, is a real 45 caliber pistol. You know, and Snake—that's Snake's favorite gun. Um, Not to mention his hours of historical cutscenes. Oh yeah, cutscenes that some so, some of it didn't really happen, but you know, um, but he does like to at least model like real world stuff in there. So like you know, all the weapons and stuff like that are real for the most part. Um, so. It, that may be true. I don't know. But uh, she has came up with a plan. In order to destroy the Shagahod, uh, we could use this C3 that she stole to uh, basically blow up uh, these uh, fuel tanks. It's especially rocket fuel. Uh, and it's used to uh, propel the, uh, the Shagahod. So one of the cool things that they tried to implement is that, you know, metal gears, everybody knows a metal gear has the ability to launch a nuclear weapon from any point on earth and let it strike any other point on earth. So that was, that's the biggest threat 
of a Metal Gear is that it can do that. Well, back in the 60s, they didn't have that type of technology. But what they did was they did use practical means to make it sound like it actually worked. So they put rockets on the side of the Shagglehod and basically propel it. It can go over 300 miles an hour and it propels across a three mile um, airstrip, basically. And using that force, it fires a nuclear weapon. And the force is so great that it can actually rocket a nuclear missile across the fucking ocean and hit somewhere in the United States. I was like, well, that's kind of cool. I mean, they, you know, they, they tried to like actually make it to where it kind of sounds like it could be plausible. You know, uh, it's, it's it's interesting how they did that, but I thought, I thought that was kind of cool. And it also seems like an old school thing. Like you would actually have to fling. I mean, it's sort of like the way, what is it? SpaceX, you know, when they're, you know, when they're launching, you have to, you have to get your, your shuttle up to speed and then launch with that momentum that you've already got going. Yeah. I mean, it it seems like almost like a low tech solution. If we can't find a way to actually launch this thing farther, we'll just throw it from a moving vehicle. Yeah. So it was interesting how they, how they actually plotted all that out, but we're using the fuel for the rockets to our advantage. We were able to, because it's highly flammable, highly explosive. So if we were to ignite those four, uh, containers with the rocket fuel and make it explode it all at one time, it could create enough force to destroy the entire building where the Shagohod is in and hopefully destroy the Shagohod that's in it. So that's our plan. We got to go back to Groznygrad and blow this bitch up. Uh,. And we get more of Eva saying, I, you know, you're a good looking man. Come here and let me kiss you awkwardly while you just stand there. I don't know. Looks like he actually follows through this time. Though, right? he, he he does slightly. Yeah. He's very vulnerable. I mean, he is missing an eye and has been beaten to death almost. And drowned. And drowned almost. So he he's kind of like, you know what? Let me just count my blessings right now. <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, we, uh, we, 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 we take off. She, um, she drives her, uh, motorcycle through a waterfall because why not? And, uh, we go, we are on our way back to Grosdegrad. This time is kind of a short trek. We just go down this tunnel and know we're, we're kind of there now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, make it back to Grosnigrad. Go inside where the Shagahot is. No really big moment when you walk in. You know, like in, every time we walk into a building and all the metal gears and there's a metal gear there, there's always like a big cutscene just kind of showing off the metal gear. This one, you just walked in. Yeah. And just start running around. Got to find those four fuel tanks. Pretty easy for me. Yep. I, I'm i to a point now where I'm pulling out my tranquilizer gun because I don't have any more silencers. 
So I'm just like, we're doing this, you know, start the alert. Everybody comes rushing to me. I shoot them in the head with a tranquilizer dart. They all just pile up right there at the stairs. And, you know, now I can just do whatever I want to, um, which is what I did. So I was not hindered by planning C4 or C3. Which was a real thing. Oh, C3 was a real thing. Yep. Okay. Formulated in 1944, composition C3. Cool. When did it turn into C4? Uh, in the 60s. In the 60s? Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Um, so after we plant all four bombs, we start the timer. Timer set for 20 minutes. So we got 20 minutes to get the hell out of here. Unfortunately, that's not going to happen. Because we run into Volgan once again. And Ocelot is there. At the same time, Eva, or in, in this case, Tanya, or Tatiana, is is there with Volgan. And Ocelot officially realizes what's going on. He, he, he figures it out. Cause he's like, I know she smell it. I smelled her before and I know what it is now. Yeah. We thought it was the perfume. Yeah. But it's not the perfume. It's the motorcycle fuel. He smells the motorcycle fuel. Cause she loves riding her bike. And that's what gave her away. So, Volgan's all pissed off. Can't believe his quote-unquote lover is is a traitor. And he tells Boss to take her out back and, I guess, shoot her. I don't know. <laughs> tells her to kill her. So, the Boss takes her away. But we get a little snippet of it. She's saying, it's like, come with me. Kind of like, trust me, just come with me. Yeah, leave it to me or something. Yeah, leave it to me. And uh, we're like, okay. So now, what are we going to do about Snake here? Well, we're going to have ourselves a good old-fashioned fist fight. So Volgan lowers a platform and takes off his shirt to reveal some kind of weird Under Armour shirt. I don't know. Um, and he wants to have a fist fight with a snake all the while, while this is going on, even during the cutscenes, if you hold R one and look in first person, you can see the sorrow floating around, holding a fucking card with the countdown on it. Yeah. It's fucking <laughs> Kojima, man. is so fucking stupid sometimes. And it's weird. It's like, he's. It's like when, like a, a boxing ring girl walking around with this thing, just holding it up real funny. And he's making these dumb faces with it. Yeah, he's kind of like bopping around and smiling. And <laughs> I think he points at it at one time. <laughs> it's weird. He's like holding up a sign, pointing at it. But uh, so we got we're we're we are counting down here during this fight. And anytime there's a cutscene, it's still going. So. Now begins the 
fist fight with with Vulcan. Well, maybe a fist fight for you. Well, it, it was it, a fist versus shotgun fight for me. Well, it was a it, for me. It, well, he pulls out a gun too, the douchebag. Um, well, no, he doesn't pull out a gun. He levitates bullets and then shoots them at you. Um, he is the gun. Yeah, he is the gun. Um, so I, I pulled out my tranquilizer gun because here's the issue. If you beat Vulcan to the pulp and bring him down to where he has only one more hit left before he dies or goes goes down, there is apparently a very small glitch that affects a few people to where you can't punch him anymore or CQC him and it does damage to him. So you have to shoot him with a tranquilizer gun. And I'm fine with that. But my issue is, is that three fucking times I ran out of time and the place uh-huh. blew up and, yeah. I, and I got a fucking game over. This happened three fucking times. And I was like, what the hell am I doing wrong? Because I'm like, I, I'm CQC in this guy. Like I, I got him into a stun lock almost where I would, you can run up to him when he's not electrified. There's a small window where he's not electrified. You can grab him and judo throw him to the ground, and it does some damage to him. It's not a lot, but he's when he's on the ground, when he gets back up, if you're behind him, you can automatically CQC him again. So I was in this kind of like stun lock of throwing him on the ground constantly and did it almost perfectly. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? I can't, I, like, the last, like, that last hit would never register. It, it would never bring down his health. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? What is going on here? I was like, am I missing a trick somewhere? And I had to look it up. And sure enough, there is a very small glitch sometimes that you can't punch him to death. You have to use a tranquilizer gun. So during the third time, I was able to do it. Yeah, I definitely just use a shotgun. Need <laughs> short work of him. Yeah, was, uh, th- like I had some trouble with this fight. It was it was fucking like hardcore because I was like I can't fuck up this CQC because if I it, it, there's a very small window where I can actually throw him, um, and y- y- punching him is out of the question because it, you know he'll just electrify himself and then I'll get shocked. So it was it was it was like a a battle of wits for a minute there for me. But I did finally get him down. And the whole time, uh, Ocelot is kind of like, he's actually helping Snake, like throwing shit to him and stuff and cheering him on. And at a point, like halfway through the fight, you get a cutscene of him basically saying, like, what are you waiting for? Just shoot the guy. And Ocelot's like, ah, fuck that. I'm not doing that. You know. And then he shoots Volgan. Does he actually shoot Volgan? Well, he shoots at Volgan, and Volgan just, like, redirects the bullets with his lightning force field right so he's like whose side are you on asshole so um after we beat volgan um he he's coughing up blood like a motherfucker like he's lung shot or something um and though now it's time to get the hell out of dodge because this place is about to blow So uh, we, when we get outside, 
um, Eva shows up in the uh, in the motorcycle, and the motorcycle's got a uh, a sidecar connected to it. She's like, "Get in!" They're like, "How the hell did you escape?" She's like, "Don't worry about it. We'll, I'll talk about it later. We need to get the hell out of here." And so begins our escape. Quite possibly one of the longest escapes I've ever done in a video game, to be honest with you. Yeah, and if you factor in this last that last fight with Volgan, basically the whole end of this game is one big action sequence. For the most part, there, there there's there's a part in between there that that kind of breaks up a little bit. But yeah, so we're we are in this cinematic of her basically driving, and we got a you know we're getting shot at by guys and. And and we're trying to escape, and uh, while when the place like the the storage facility explodes, and out of the fucking rubble comes fucking Volgan in the Shagglehot, <laughs> and he says just like Liquid does, it's not over yet. <laughs> and so now he chases us around this entire facility. All of Groznygrad is now being destroyed by the Shagglehot. Trying to run us over, and she's. This is awesome. Even I, though she is a terrible driver, she is a horrible driver, and it seems like the the motorcycle goes at like a fucking snail's pace. Yeah, I was gonna say she has no urgency, like no desire to live or escape. Apparently, <laughs> and so we're we're stuck getting shot at by guys, getting shot like sh- they're shooting rockets at us sometimes and stuff like that, and um. It, at this point, I'm like, I'm sitting here with a fucking tranquilizer gun that I have to cock every time I shoot it. I'm just so tempted to pull out the machine gun. You know, did you ever get the heavy machine gun? Uh, like the, the M6 or MA6 or yeah, the the, like the Rambo gun basically. Yeah, you yeah, it's confusing for most of this part. My, well, and you have infinite ammo. They just the game yep. just says fuck it. You you got infinite ammo. Yeah. You didn't you didn't put in a code. You didn't already beat the game once. Just just have infinite ammo. Yeah. Uh, but I, I I never used it because I did I did go for the trophy to not kill anybody, uh, which I will get into. But uh, I used to love like when I was playing this game. If you hold down the uh, machine gun long enough. Snake will go ah, like that. <laughs> and I used to always think that was hilarious. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we're, we're a long, long scene of her driving around. We can shoot guys and stuff like that and uh, trying to escape. Uh, we make it to the runway area. And the Shaggle High like uses its boosters to catch up to us, and it's 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 to the point where he's running over his own soldiers and shit, and uh, people are just like, like gotta get the fuck out of the way of this thing. <laughs> and he tries to run us down, but luckily we Eva knows where we're going, so she 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 makes a night like a you know hard right turn and goes over this bridge. She has the bright idea of we can. Destroy the Shogahide because I planted C3 on the bridge to destroy it. So if we can lure the Shogahide onto the bridge, shoot the C3 as he's going across it, the bridge will crumble 
and he'll fall into the freaking river. I'm like, okay. So we pull out our sniper rifle, which I didn't have the entire game, but apparently I have one now. Um, just put it up in your inventory. Yeah, yeah. It was just well, he, he didn't even get an option to bring one up. It was just you, you automatically have one. Maybe she all, gave it to us. Magical, infinite ammo. Yeah, and so we have to wait for the for for the Shagohad to go across the bridge, and we shoot the C three, and it collapses, and we're all like, "Hey, we did it! Yeah, high fives! Yeah!" And then all of a sudden, we hear some noises. And he climbs the side of the freaking bridge. That's basically climbing a mountain. He climbs a mountain. I mean, it would be unrealistic enough if it was a Metal Gear or, say, like a Gecko from 4. But this thing just has, like, screws. Yeah. It doesn't have treads. It has screws. (laughs) There's no way that it could support all that. Although I guess it's not weight. It doesn't have a lot of weight because it, like... Loses the whole back end of it. Right? So, that's the point. When it's coming out of the coming out of the, the ravine here, which is when it's just basically like the command pod. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's basically the, 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 the front part of it. It kind of breaks off a little bit. So the tank part of it is gone. Um but he's still chasing us down. And we're like, oh shit. So we get back into the motorcycle and we're in kind of like this large arena and uh, we have to pull out our rocket launcher, which takes forever to reload. Yep. And we have to shoot the treads or the, the screws, I should say, to make it malfunction for a second. She drives around and I, I, I say drives around very lightly. She's constantly driving around this thing, and it seemed like every time I shot the tread, she would go the opposite way that I needed her to go to where I could shoot it in the back. So the the whole point is we got to shoot rockets into the back of the Shagglehide. That's the way it does damage. You shoot it from the front, it's armored. You can't do it that way. Yeah, because this starts with a bit of a crack in the back. Yeah, it's because it broke part of it off. Thanks a lot, Eva, but she ran me over three or four times in this fight. Well, so, no, this was this was going on. This this happens before the when you get off. You're still on the motorcycle. This part. That's the second part of this fight. Yeah, the second part of this fight is madness for me because I I, I didn't die here. So after we we kind of disable the Shagohog completely. Volgan gets out and goes nuts. This was kind of cool too, I thought. Yeah, he he we, li- the what? carcass the Shagohod is a puppet. Yeah, so he literally takes his electric fists, punches holes into the Shagohod, pulls out wires and basically wires himself to it and is using it as a puppet to to steer it and shoot the guns. And so he's standing on top of it, and he's trying to both run me and Eva over. So at this point, we're out of the motorcycle, and she's trying to distract it. Um, and in this point, there is a life bar for Volgan. So I was thinking, oh, I'll just 
shoot it in the back a couple of times. No, I've got to take out Volgan himself, which means I got to switch back to the fucking tranquilizer gun. This was a fucking nightmare trying to hit him with a tranquilizer gun while this fucking metal gear essentially is running around and he's on top of it. Oh my God. That took four friggin' ever. Yeah, I wasn't sure if you were gonna say you still took out the treads and then switched weapons every time to the trank and then shot him. I didn't because that would that would have been just as hard. That would have probably been diff- more That's... difficult. What's that now? I said that sounds awful. Yeah, it, it, it was pretty awful on its own, but but now uh, I did eventually trank him to death, and. Um, we take we I mean we take him out basically not no real you know last hurrah or anything he just kind of dies right yeah i don't remember anything special yeah but we still got guys chasing after us cuz we got to make it to the uh to the lake so that she can um, make our escape on the wig. So we're going through this like ravine or like a valley, some some kind of valley mountainous area, being chased by guys, uh, both on a on motorcycles as well as flying platform things. Yeah, so 60s-style jetpacks? Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, And at this point, I'm thinking I'm probably killing these guys because I will trank the driver, and then the fucking thing flips and then explodes. I'm like, these guys are probably dying. And I was was to the point where I'm like, you know, I'm going to keep tranking these guys, but I have a feeling I'm not going to get this trophy. So, um... But we eventually make it to a point where we we've 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 get got the guys off our tail. Unfortunately, we're all there celebrating and she misses a turn and we flip the motorcycle off of a cliff, snake lands, and the motorcycle explodes, and then Snake walks over to Eva and she is next to a log and a branch of the log is sticking out of her stomach. She has been impaled by the log. And that's not a sexual euphemism. No. And she's like, just leave me, Snake. He's like, you have way more to worry about. And, you know, you're the hero here. Just, Just leave me for dead. And Snake's like, I can't leave you. Why not? Because I can't fly that fucking wig. (laughs) I don't give a shit about you. I fucking love that. It was like, it was like this touching moment where she's like, I'm dying. And he's like, I can't leave you. Why? Because you love, or she said, no, she's like, I can't leave you. I need you. She's like, would you say that again? I need you so you can fly the wig. (laughs) I couldn't help but like laugh at that. I was like, this is so dumb. But it's, I mean, that's I, a Han Solo moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. So we have to bandage her up 
Um, and Snake fucking lies to paramedic because we call paramedic, and she's like, "How much? How many supplies do you have?" He's like, "Truth be told, I'm running a little low." That's fucking bullshit. I got twenty of every goddamn thing. And she's like, "Well, remember, your stuff comes first, not hers." And I was like, "Okay." And I looked. I was like, "I got twenty of every fucking thing. What am I worried about?" So I patched this both up. And we're good to go. This is the let Eva die party. Yeah. So we patch her up, and then we get to sneak around and try to escape while trying to escort Eva. Not really annoying, because I got spotted each time, but Eva pulls out her gun and just murders dudes, and I'm okay with that. Since it was, because I'd get spotted, she'd be like, let me handle this. And she just pulls out her gun and starts shooting. Like, and I'm like, and dudes are dying. It's not like, you know, how dumb escort missions are and the, the person you're with is stupid and doesn't know how to defend themselves. No, no. She can kill guys and she did it very, very well. You're over here, hands in the air. I didn't kill him. I still want the trophy. Yeah, yeah. That was exactly how I was. I tranked maybe two guys, and I was like, okay, I think we're we're good. (laughs) (laughs) So she, Yeah, she was out for blood. I'm surprised she didn't shoot the guys that were asleep on the ground. But uh, eventually we make it to where we need to be. We make it to um, the wig, and she's there. She gets inside, and, and Snake... Kind of breaks off from her for a minute. And he looks over into this field of some kind of flower. I don't know. Yeah. Very, very colorful group of white flowers. And in that field is the boss. Right. Because we knew she was waiting. Yeah. She's waiting on us. That's our final. Our, our real mission is to take out the boss. She knows it, and Snake knows it. So, she's, you're here to do a job, fucking do it. And I mean, not really much talking. You know, she, she's she's basically there, says, you, you know your mission. I've trained you. You know how to kill me. Do it. But I'm not going to let you do it without a fight. And holy shit, this fight was kind of difficult for me. See, I had a lot of trouble with this the first time I played the game, but I I found it to be especially easy this time. All I did was pull out my sniper rifle and shoot her uh, until she was about half dead and she started charging me, and then I just CQC'd her and then shot her when she was on the ground. Well, see, what I had to do was because I, I had a tranquilizer gun that I, that really did nothing unless I knocked her down. So what I could do was... I would wait for her to come after me. So if I, and I, I had to, I had to get it down to a method. If I was too far away from her, she'd pull out the gun and start shooting at me. Uh, but if I was about mid range to close to her, she would try to come up to me and CQC me. And if you time it just right, you can counter it. And I counter it and kind of like, you know, I, I don't break her arm, but I do like an arm owl thing. I don't know what that's called. I hold 
and it stuns her for a second. And then I can do my one, two, three punch kick thing. She falls over and then I can pull out the tranquilizer gun while she's laying on the ground and shoot her twice. And then when that happens, I need to get the fuck out of Dodge because when she gets back up, she will fucking unload on you. Yep. <laughs> Non-stop, dude. I'm just talking like, like, and that, that was one thing I have to give it is that even like in a PS2 game, this game was pretty damn impressive for like the things that happened. And I noticed it earlier on, like when a guy shot at me, like you could see where the bullets were zipping by like grass and shit. Yeah. And it yeah, looked you the direction based on, based on which grass individual strands of grass were moving. Yeah, it was it was really it's really well done in that sense. And in this field of, of flowers, she's just like fucking mowing down fucking flowers with this machine gun. Um so you need to get the hell out of there. Uh, and it was to a point where I was like I was having to hide from her, wait for yep. her to get kind of close to me, and then I could seek you see her if I was lucky. Sometimes she'd counter it on me. So after, I mean, it was a long fight. I'll put it that way. Uh, I, I didn't die, but it, it was, I was like, Jesus Christ, this is difficult as shit. And by this time, I I know that Jamie mentioned last week that you could use med kits. It was right before the Vulcan fight when I realized I had those on me. So that's why I only use like five in the game because I, yeah, I, I didn't know what they were. LF meds or LF something. Yeah. So I use some of them here to extend my life a little bit, but we beat her. She falls over into the, into the field covered in, uh, covered in flowers and we know what we have to do. In fact, there's it's a cutscene of basically you have to do it. I stood there for a long time though, because I was like, I don't want this to count as a fucking kill. But and yeah. did you actually pull the trigger? Yeah. Because I couldn't tell what's happening here. Like he, you know, it zooms out a bit. She's laying on the ground. You have the gun pointed at her. And then I waited a few seconds. And hit shoot button. And then nothing happened. And then I hit it like three or four more times and nothing happened. And then I set my controller down. I'm like, what the fuck? And then like five seconds later, he finally shoots her. Oh, on his own? Yeah, on his own. So huh. I thought maybe that was still part of the cutscene. I don't know. I I let it sit there for a long time just to see what would happen. And then I finally said, all right, I'm just going to shoot her. And I shot her. Uh, maybe I timed it perfectly where I just hit it and, it, and the cutscene did it. But uh, like it seemed like I did it myself. Hmm. But shooter, she dies. It's that's the end. I got her camo. I also got well later on we get her gun, the Patriot, which is really good. Has infinite ammo. Um. So after taking care of business there, we go back to the wig and uh, get on board. And I had forgotten about this last scene as well. Yeah. 
the I, I I distinctly remember the the juggling scene, but I I don't I didn't remember how we got to that. Um, so we're on the wig. She's basically it's basically it's basically like a a a, a like a water plane where like you can you can like land like a seaplane where you can land on the water, and she uses the water kind of like as a runway to take off. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going down the river. Or going down the lake, and uh, all of a sudden, Ocelot shows up. Of course, he does, and he shoots one of the uh, engines out. He's on one of these like the the '60s flying jetpack things, and he jumps on board. And he's like, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do it again. Now, now I'm, I'm skipping the the pretty uh, a rather relatively epic. Like fist fight, I mean they they get into it, man. They're rough and fucking tumbling it, you know, like punching each other and stuff like that. And um, Ocelot's got a smile on his face the entire time. He he he's you can tell he admires Snake. Yeah, he's like he's almost like a friendly rival. Um, so he wants to have an old fashioned duel. So he chooses two guns. Puts a bullet in one of them and then does his little flip and juggle thing. Sits him down and you get to choose which gun you want. And you Can you dr- choose the wrong gun here? What's that? Can you choose the wrong gun? Uh, I, I, I don't. All right. What happened with you? Uh, he picked it up and then kept firing and then like on the sixth. The sixth, uh, sixth shot, he actually just shot Ocelot right in the chest. Seriously? Yeah, and then Ocelot just kind of like rubs it off. And it's like, oh, no big deal, he's got some kind of armor on or something. Huh. That didn't happen with me. I must have chose the wrong gun because then, because I unloaded and nothing was there. And then his last shot, it shot. And Snake was like, "What the fuck?" He, like he like he grabbed his chest, looking oh. for, looking for a bullet hole. And he said, "Yeah, yeah, that's what it was." Yeah, and he's like, "They're just it's fucking blank, dude." So I'm just messing with you. And yeah, because why didn't why didn't actually kill him? Because he shot him right in the chest. Oh, so but you you got the gun with the bullet. Yeah, I got the gun and shot Ocelot, and then nothing happened because it was a blank. Yeah. Did you Sorry. pick the right or the left one? I picked the right one. Oh, yep. See, I picked the left one. Gotcha. So, um, I would like to hope, and this isn't particular for this game, but I would like to hope in situations like that that it's random. Yeah, that takes a lot out of it. I think if you if you can on a second playthrough know which one has got the bullet in it. Yeah. So he's you know he he's just messing with Snake. And, uh, but he, he does reveal one other thing. He wants to know what Snake's real name is. And he's like, it's John. And, uh, he said, well, my name's Adam. Adamski, right? Something, something. Adaminski. Adam, Adam, Adamski. Adamska. Something like that. Yeah. 
which we'll find out a little bit later what that means. <clears throat> which I think everybody knows what that means whenever he said it. Yeah, I don't remember if it dawned on me there the first time I played it, but it certainly did this time. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> the fun, the I found the funniest thing is that when he makes his exit, he just jumps out of the plane, and <laughs> yeah. like you'd think he'd like break a bunch of bones going that fast and hitting the water, <laughs> but apparently not. <laughs> um, he just jumps out of the plane, lands in the water, and then we take off. Um, we obviously we had a little issue because the 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 engine was. One of the engines were blown, so we had to snake had to help pull up, and uh, we flew to Alaska. And um, we get uh, uh, this is basically the ending of the game. Snake and uh, Eva get their get themselves a nice little uh, cabin in the woods. <laughs> um. Fireplace and bearskin rug. Yeah, yeah, bearskin rug and shit. And I mean, it's very sixties. I mean, it looks like something out of Austin Powers, maybe. Yeah. Uh, they're sitting there drinking wine. Snake is still wearing his fucking outfit and everything. <laughs> and um, she, uh, you know, they they have an intimate moment together. Uh, you know, she's she's asking him to, you know. Give in to me, and Snake finally says, "All right," and he, he, he goes nuts. They spill the wine. Oh, and uh, Snake wakes up the next day, and she's gone. And uh, she leaves a note and a tape, uh, an audio recording, for him to listen to. And uh, this is where we learn the true nature of the boss and what her real mission was. So Eva had been playing Snake this entire time. Because if you remember correctly, when we were talking about uh, the philosophers, the philosophers were a group of people uh, divided into the three main Power countries, the most powerful countries in the world right after World War II. And that was the United States, the Soviet Union, or Russia, and China. And the whole time, we've been focusing on the United States and Russia. We forgot about China. Eva is really a spy for the Chinese government. And this whole time, she has been sent there to infiltrate Groznygrad, infiltrate Volgan's ranks, and obtain the philosopher's legacy for the Chinese government, which she did. She got the philosopher's legacy and got away with it. She seduced Snake into helping her. She was not really Eva. Eva never really showed up. We don't know whatever happened to Eva. But whoever it was, probably dead right now. 
but she took on the cover of Eva when when meeting up with Snake. Because she saw that she could use Snake to her advantage to get a hold of the Philosopher's Legacy. On top of that, she tells us what really happened with the boss. So when the boss took her out back to, quote-unquote, I guess put a bullet in her head, instead she let her go and told her exactly what her real mission was. The boss's real mission was to pretend that she defected to Russia against the United States to help Snake get the Philosopher's Legacy. This entire mission, from the very beginning, was a ruse and a trick on Snake. They were trying to trick Snake into thinking that she had defected to the United States for a few reasons. One, obviously, to get the United States the Philosopher's Legacy. Secondly, to serve as a cover-up because the last thing we need is a bunch of Americans going into Russian soil and stealing the Philosopher's Legacy that was rightfully Russia's. That would spark a huge incident and possibly turn the Cold War into a real war. So the United States government tasked their greatest hero, the boss, to going to Russia, pretending to defect to Russia, and then having the United States send in Snake to steal the philosopher's legacy and kill the boss to make it look like he was actually saving Russia. And the boss knew this the entire time. And she knew that she couldn't tell Snake. She knew that she was going to get killed in the end. And she knew that she had to die. And she and it had to be done by the snake's hands. Holy fucking shit, man. <laughs> That's a hell of a fucking story. Um, and... She will forever be known as a traitor to the United States. She will forever be known as a traitorous douchebag who betrayed her country and was killed in justice. When in reality, she's quite, she po- she's quite possibly the best patriot the United States has ever had. Man, that's fucking crazy. (laughs) So, we get a nice little scene of uh, Snake going up to Lyndon B. Johnson, uh, being congratulated by the President of the United States himself, saying, you've done your country a great service. With no one really knowing that Snake really knows 
what happened. Yeah. Um, because Eva actually promised the boss that she wouldn't tell Snake, but she she told him anyway. And uh, Snake will take that to his grave. Um, and that's when, as he's leaving, like, like he he shakes the uh the president's hand, which you know, <laughs> a little dumb Easter egg. If you, while you're shaking the president's hand and you go into first person mode and look to the left, you can see Ocelot <laughs> apparently outside the Oval Office window, pointing at Snake doing his dumb point thing. Um, but, uh, when he turns around after shaking the president's hand, that's when Snake realizes, I don't want to do this anymore. He's, he, he's, he has felt the ultimate betrayal by his own country. And I think that is the beginning of, John becoming the villain. Uh, and he is, oh, and since he took out the boss, he is now the big, big boss. boss. Yeah. He has been, he has been promoted to big boss. And then he goes to, uh, the boss's grave and, um, I guess mourns for her. And lay some flowers down and a machine gun. Because, hey, yeah, let's just leave a, a real machine gun laying there so when other people walk by, they can just say, hey, I want that gun for myself. Um, and that's the end of it. After the cutscene, the credits roll, um, it goes through pretty much the timeline of Metal Gear Solid or Metal Gear. Uh, for the most part, uh, what happened in between there. Uh, and, um, it ends with, uh, the, uh, I can't ever pronounce it. The Le Enfant Terrible. Le Enfant Terrible. Yeah. Le Enfant Terrible. Um, happening in, uh, 1972. Or 1978. Excuse me. Was when that happened. Was it 78 or 72? I can't fucking ever remember. Yeah, I don't know. Let's find out. You you're going to you can hear you can hear my um my phone tell me exactly. What year was Solid Snake born? <laughs> hmm. Let's see here. Solid Snake. Given the name David. Da, da, da. Come on, Metal Gear Wikipedia. Why don't you load? I, it's either 72 or 78. I can't remember.
Oh, you're such a piece of shit. <laughs> it won't it won't open for me. Fuck this piece of shit. Anyway, it's horrible. And then the uh, the final thing, the the, uh, the always the one last thing that we get on all of them uh is uh Ocelot talking to um um originally the the president or I guess the prime minister or the the leader of Russia talking about how um he's got the philosopher's legacy and um nobody ever knew who he was and uh then he hangs up with them and then calls the president of the United States <laughs> And then tells him, he says, yep, we're good. The Russians think I'm still with them. They have no idea that I'm triple crossing them and we're actually working with the United States. And the philosopher's legacy is actually going to be coming to you guys because the one that I gave Eva or whatever the hell her name is was a fake. And we that's when it's revealed that Ocelot was really Adam. He was the other um, defector. So we still don't know who Eva, the real Eva, is. No, we never, we never found out who real, the real Eva was. Don't know, don't care. I guess. I guess because I don't think it's ever brought back up again. Right. Oh, let's see here. Yeah. Okay. 72 was when Solid Snake and Liquid Snake were born. Interesting side note, Liquid Snake's real name is Eli. <laughs> so there was David and Eli and George. Those were the three. Uh, but that was it. That's... um. That's a snake eater. In retrospect, I think it's an okay game. Um, I think I played it wrong this time around. I'll fully admit that. And this game really doesn't. It's it's kind of going through the motions for the first half of this game. Yeah, it certainly is lopsided towards the end. Yeah, I mean the last third of this game, I think, is is fairly excellent. Yeah, the- I mean, it feels like a Metal Gear game when you get to that point. Yeah, but the um, I think that the as far as gameplay goes, it's executed very well. Um, I mean, yeah, I know a lot of people out there would call them gimmicks, you know, with the eating, having to eat constantly, and and um, patching yourself up, stuff like that. But I think it, 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 he, he, Kojima always tries to add something to it. He always tries to add something to, to, to everything in each game. And this was just, this was the one. This was, this was the one where he wanted to add this stuff. And I think it works for the most part. I think that the game is, is very much a stealth based game. Other, like, this is the most stealthy game in the entire series. 
where, you know, you need to hide, you know, you need to sneak around while in the other games, you can kind of play them like action games. Um, but from a gameplay standpoint, I think it's a very solid game. Uh, the, the story, like you said, it really doesn't ramp up to left, like the last third of the game. Um, and I think it's, it, it's deliberately done that way to make the big reveal that the boss was actually a good guy all along. It, it, I mean, you, you can't really hint at that and you can't really, you can't allude to it much because then it would just give, give away the big reveal. Yeah. So it, unfortunately it, it is a lot of going through the motions because they don't want to spoil the last ending of the game. And I'm still not totally sure whether I like the idea of like the, the overall simpler narrative structure of the game. Like there are twists in the end, but the things that you do in the beginning, like you're, you're setting out on a mission and you, that is the end of the game basically is getting Sokolov and, and destroying the Shagahad. Yeah. So, in general, I think it's a simpler story, despite the craziness. But it, it, yeah, and I don't know if I like that more or less. It's it, it's 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 interesting because it's very polarizing. When you look at Metal Gear Solid and you look at Metal Gear Solid Two, there's multiple cutscenes in that game. I'm not just talking like full on cutscenes. I'm talking about codec conversations that progress the story. You know, there's there. Like I said, I didn't talk to anybody. The last half of this game, there were no codec conversations, hardly, except for Snake. Are you all right? You almost died. Yeah, I'm good. Okay, keep going. And that was that was about it. You know, it, there was no you know plot driven stuff happening in codec conversations. Yeah, and it, it it's very polarizing compared to the other two, and. I'm going to have to say that right now I prefer Metal Gear Solid 2 over Snake Eater. I, you know, for the longest time, I thought that was crazy talk. For the longest time, I thought Metal Gear Solid 2 was the weakest out of the entire game. I was supposed to be the black sheep. Yeah. But now that I'm looking back at it, I prefer it over 3. Yeah, I mean, I I feel about how I did last week. I don't know that I prefer two to three, but I used to think it was no competition, and now you know I probably like them about the same. Yeah. Although I would say there's one Kojima ism that I think is sorely lacking from this game. With how annoying some of those cutscenes are, like, oh, did you see this movie? Did you see that movie? And like, they don't stop throughout the whole game. I feel like there's a missed opportunity for the game to try and analyze the player and say you're like you're, you're this kind of person because you listened to or did not suffer through that inane chatter. Basically, like if you just gave up on it immediately for the game to tell you that you're like a, a terrible listener or something. Yeah. Well, you, you know, I, I'm pretty sure they did the fourth wall breaking thing. Um, 
because whenever you know, whenever they first started the torture scene, uh, Volgan says, "Let me take a look at your body first. And I have a feeling, depending on how many times you got shot and had to do operations on yourself, he says something different. I think mm-hmm. I may be wrong. Um, but I, I have a feeling that was one of those small game evaluation things. Yeah. Um, it, it just, it came off that way to me, but yeah, it's, this is most certainly the least Kojima game I've ever played from Kojima. Yeah. So. I, I'm kind of a mixed bag with this one because I, I most certainly don't think it's a bad game, but I think at the current moment it is my least favorite Metal Gear game that we've played so far. I think it's a better game than it is Metal Gear game. Yeah, that's that's the perfect analogy. Or Whereas 2 is, is a decent game, but it's as Metal Gear as it gets. Yeah. So... We have a few emails. We got two emails that I want to read off regarding Metal Gear Solid. Um, this one we got the day our last episode released, so keep that in mind. Uh, and I'm probably going to ruin your name, even though it's easy. But it's N, not dead. So the letter N and then not dead. I don't know how you want to be pronounced, but I'm putting it in, not dead. Um, they write in and say, oh, oh, I should say that the, uh, <laughs> the, the title or the, the subject line for the email is MGS haha. <laughs> and, uh, it says, I'm loving this. I love listening to people actually realizing how much better the first two Metal Gear Solids are than the third. It always drove me crazy how much people praise it over everything. I always just blamed it on people being fanboys and hating on Raiden. I mean, that to be fair, that's where a lot of it came from. That is a lot where I felt so fucking duped when I first played Metal Gear Solid 2 because I was like, I'm not playing a Solid Snake. Fuck this game. And then the ending where I was like, what the fuck just happened? I'm like, you know, I was so confused, like, after finishing that game. I was like, you know what? This game was fucking dumb and weird. Uh, but, but going back to it now, it's almost fucking brilliant. You know, go, going back to it and playing it for Phoenix Down and realizing, like, yeah. so many subtleties, you know, the Patriots are afraid of the internet and shit like that. I was like, what the fuck? This is insane, you know? Uh, That's cool. He was that's Kojima's magic, though, right? Walking the line between dumb and brilliant. Yeah, and that dumb was, and- oh yeah, and 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 some of the shit could actually be true, you know. And he he realized this shit like back in two thousand and fucking one, you know. It, it was stuff. It's small, subtle shit like that is like fucking brilliant. And the funny thing is, that's sort of what lives about the series. It doesn't matter if you have a good game, like. Metal Gear 3 is a good, solid game. You play through it. There's nothing wrong with it. But nobody remembers a good, solid game. It's the, it's the weirdness that makes these games awesome. 
Yeah. So, and in the end, it almost doesn't matter if the game's broken to a degree. Yeah, I mean, the, they are, but you know, yeah. it's the weirdness of two that's much better than you know the the solid gameplay of three. That's you know, yeah, solid gameplay is not exciting. The um, I mean, a perfect example is anytime. When somebody says the name Metal Gear Solid or Metal Gear, the first thing I usually think of is the Psycho Manus fight because it's it it was something I'd never seen before. It was crazy, you know. It was it was you know nobody would expect to do any of that stuff before, and it, you, it you could do that, yeah. And so it's it's some of those it's, it's the crazy moments. That 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 I that stick out to me. Not the oh man, the gameplay in Metal Gear Solid Three was was pretty cool, you know. So it it does, it does make a very good point. And even those moments, like I thought the sorrow fight is kind of like that, but it it's just not as shocking. Yeah, such a mild game. Um, but he continues. Um, Metal Gear Solid Three people are nostalgic. Uh, our nostalgia happens at two only two points: the end fight, but most people played it the standard way, so they only love the other ways of beating him by hearing about them later. So their nostalgia didn't even happen until much later. Then there's the final boss fight. The info dump and fight are fucking beautiful, and is why I think most people love this game. They aren't. They aren't even wrong. It is really the only reason why I enjoy this game. Well, the theme song as well. Can't forget that. And to be fair, the the latter part or the yeah, the latter part. Yeah, just and, the, the chase scene and everything. And and yeah, the entire end and the sorrow and I and I I don't know. I I did like the sorrow fight for what it was. Yeah. So I mean, I, I think he's right. It's moments in the game that are better than the game as a whole. Yeah. Sure. It says all the boss fights are boring and the characters play such a small part that you can't really care about them. Both of those things are true. Yes. I also hated the medical and different camouflage systems. Always felt like busy work I had to pull off in menus. I just thought it took took me out of the game too much and didn't do what I think Kojima wanted it to do. I bet you guys have barely notice the hunger mechanic because of the speed you are running through. But when I played, I tried to stealth as much as possible. The openness, not always having radar and constantly making sure my camo was high means you move at a snail's pace. That's when the hunger mechanic truly comes into play. And again, it just felt more tedious. Love the show. Oh, go ahead. What? I was just going to say that that's true. And I mean, I, I kind of enjoyed that mechanic more the first time I played it than I did this time. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, it's a novelty, you know? However, I mean that you, you can see the evolution into four. There's very clearly the, you know, they, they clearly sped that up like the whole camo thing. Yeah. It's handled much different in four, but if it wasn't in three, it wouldn't have been in four, at least not in the way it was. But right. Says here, um, love the show and I can't wait for Metal Gear Solid Four. Though I fear that that will be my oh shit, this isn't as good as I remember. Ha ha. 
Uh, P.S. Love the Witcher podcast, even though I can never make it past more than the first three to five hours into one and two. I tried one again for the podcast and just couldn't do it. Maybe when you guys go into the second one, I will try that again. Thank you very much for the email. Yeah, lots of good points. And uh, we go into our resident Metal Gear experience, first experience person, Jamie, comes in with another long email. Says, hi guys. So I've come to the conclusion that the last, oh, one third of this game is where it's at. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, it sounds a little bad, but right around when Snake gets caught and tortured, that's when it gets good. Uh, I especially liked the chase through the sewers and Snake losing an eye. He's way cooler now. <laughs> <laughs> the sorrow was super creepy, but I didn't think it was carried out properly. I like that Snake has to wade through the ghost of all the people he's killed. P.S. Drew, did you have any guys to go through since you only killed the one? P.P.S. Sorry to bring up that one guy. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention. <laughs> so when you beat the game and you get your results screen, that's when the trophy pops up for not killing anybody throughout the entire game. Well... That trophy did not pop up for me, and the result screen said, you killed one person. And I said, that's a load of goddamn bullshit, because I know I did not kill a single person in this entire game, and that's true. But then I realized something. There was a trophy. Trophy. A trophy. There was a trophy. There was a trophy earlier on in the game where if Ocelot is laying on the ground, knocked out when you first meet him, you can take a knife and kill him and you get a trophy for that and you know you get a game over. I did that and I got that trophy. What I should have done was hit exit and then reloaded my save. Instead, I hit continue. So it counted that kill that gave me a game over as one kill in the entire game. I still think I got fucking hosed. Yeah, so in that case, if you... You could kill like a hundred... You could kill people and, and die and keep playing the same section over and over again. And your kill count would keep going up? From what I understand, yes. Hmm. It's a load of bullshit. Yeah, you got but, screwed. But that's what happened. That's exactly what happened. Okay. And I think I would have liked it better if he didn't die at the end. Basically talking about Snake in the Sorrow fight. I feel like it would have been more meaningful if he makes it through and the sorrow doesn't kill him, you know, because he's a survivor and he has to, uh, to live with himself. But then Kojima can't add in some tricks just for fun. Like, really? Take the pill after the game over screen? Uh, I don't know how many times I died before I just Googled it. 
Thank God I didn't play these games before the internet. I remember the good old days when I was a kid and we had to figure it out the old-fashioned way and usually ended up throwing the controller at the wall. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I don't know how I figured that out the first time. I don't know either. I can't remember that at all. Was I frustrated just mashing buttons and I happened to notice I could access the menu? Seems likely. I don't know. Yeah, that could have very well happened. Then again, Metal Gear Solid 5 came out in 2005. I mean, I had the internet then. (laughs) So, I mean, it might not have been readily available, but I'm sure I could have found it. But I don't think I looked it up on the internet back then. 2005 was before YouTube. So, I don't know. Um, anyways, the rest was great. The motorcycle racing was fantastic. The bosses were fun. Volgan and the boss were good. Not crazy hard once you figure out the formula compared to the fury who I think contributed to 30 of my continues. (laughs) They were pretty easy. I don't know what it was about the fury, but I was really close to throwing my controller then too, you know, for old time's sake. The boss was a surprisingly satisfying fight. I was so happy to kill that woman. But then, so it was all a lie. <gasps> it, it says gas, but I gasped myself. Um, <laughs> they lied to us. The boss is a hero. The people in charge are assholes. Okay, I can see how Snape becomes big boss. But I still don't like it. I mean, nobody wanted to see Anakin become Darth Vader. But then we would have no Luke. I suppose I can sacrifice Naked Snake knowing that Solid Snake will exist, I guess. Anyways, the last bit of the game, especially all the motorcycle racing, made up for the fact that I didn't like the first two-thirds. I still think I like two better, but three gained a lot of points for that ending. Looking forward to four, Jamie. Yeah. I mean, both of these emails I think are pretty spot on. Yeah. Um... Although I'll say for that for and not dead, there's one other thing that wasn't mentioned that is a huge mark for me in the positive column for this game, which is just Ocelot. Yeah, I love I love everything about his character, knowing what his future is. You know, I I, I love how overconfident he is and how he gets put in his place. I love the respect that he has for Snake. I mean, I I just think he's a, a fantastic character in this game. Yeah, well, Ocelot is. Like Ken said in in the first Metal Gear Solid that we did, Ocelot is the most interesting character in this entire game. Serious. I think are both very good. And then I think the bosses are kind of especially bad. Yeah. As far as like their integration into the game or world. Yeah. And that's that's the biggest thing I take from this is that as a whole, it's okay, but that ending is, you know, the the whole the whole last third of the game is 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 really really good. Um, yeah, I'm I'm still conflicted on this. I mean, it's it, it's weird. I you know we do this every time we do a, a, a game that we've played before on Phoenix Down. We've we we either. Go back and say, man, I really enjoyed that. Or go back and say, man, this does not hold up at fucking all. Um, and I've kind of did a 180 with both Metal Gear Solid 2 and Snake Eater. Yeah. 
I don't hold Snake Eater to this high regard anymore. And Metal Gear Solid 2 is pretty fucking awesome. So, man, that's, yeah, it's crazy. Well, I mean, the one the one positive at the end here is that we get to play 4 next. And I still think this is the one I'm most excited to play. I am very excited to play 4. Have you started it yet? Yes. Okay. I did not because I looked over at my shelf and saw Bruce Wayne staring at me. So I've been playing a lot of Batman. <laughs> um, which Arkham Knight is pretty fucking great. So, uh, but yeah, I'm going to start that probably tomorrow. And, uh, I'm I'm really excited to see how this is going to go. We're going to try to squeeze it in in four episodes. Um, like I said, we do have a weak buffer, but that is if we are diligent and play and do it and do a recording every week. Until, yeah, I save that weak buffer for an emergency. Yeah, that because more than likely that will probably come up sometime in the next month and a half. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I got... I'm surprised we got through this one without missing a week. Yeah, for real. But the uh, Metal Gear Solid 4 is... I don't remember it being overly long, but I remember the cutscenes being long. That's that's the biggest thing for me. I remember uh, it being almost exactly 20 hours for me. Okay. It was almost, to me, it was almost exactly five parts. Each part was four hours. Yeah. We sat down and played one act per night, every night for four, for five nights. Yeah. So, just to, to get a little warmed up for everybody, uh, especially Jamie, Metal Gear Solid 4, uh, Guns of the Patriots, uh, you go back into Solid Snake's shoes. Um... If you've seen at least a screenshot or even the cover of the game, you'll notice that Solid Snake's got some age on him in this one. Um, and uh, this game takes place in the year 2014. The far-flung future. Yeah, that is now the past. <laughs> so this has all already happened, but no... Uh, but if you remember correctly, uh, the Big Shell incident from Metal Gear Solid 2 took place in 2008. Or 2009, yeah, because the, the, the tanker took place in 2007, and it was two years later the the Big Shell incident happened. So in 2009, so you're looking at about five years has passed, and Snake is looking like he's probably probably in his 60s. Spoiler spoiler alert, it's not time travel? No. It is not time travel and we will leave it at that. So 5 years later and Snake is looking like an old man. In fact, his code name is Old Snake. So get ready. And buckle up your fucking seatbelts. Because if you thought Metal Gear Solid 2 was crazy, you ain't fucking seen nothing yet. Holy shit. And there's one thing I have to compliment 
Metal Gear Solid 4 for being is that it connects every single thing that we've played up to this point. If you've had a question about the entire story so far, I guarantee you it will be answered in Metal Gear Solid 4. Unless your question is, who is Eva? They, they, yeah. <laughs> Every other question. It, you know what? That may actually be addressed in four as kind of like just an off comment. I'm not certain, but I really don't know who Eva really was. No, I mean not not the woman who was playing Eva, but right. the real Eva that did, never showed up to the rendezvous point. I, I I can't remember if that's ever addressed, but. Practically everything else is answered in Metal Gear Solid 4. I mean, they Kojima must have had like a spreadsheet or something saying, okay, this connects to this, this connects to this. And he, he, he sums it up and wraps it up in a pretty nice little bow. Um, so you'll never need a fifth Metal Gear Solid. Well, you need a fifth one to basically say, what happened between Peace Walker and the first Metal Gear on the NES? So that that that's that's basically what that is. He 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 has his like Metal Gear Solid Four is the ending, and then the fifth one is basically tying what happened with Big Boss to what happens with Solid Snake. So. So with the caveat that I haven't played four in many, many years, and I don't really remember all of it. Do you think that five will be as good as four given the history of the Metal Gear Solid series and four in particular and what we've seen with ground zeros at this current juncture before it's out, before we play four, do you think, you know, where do you expect five to fall? I think it's going to be a very well-playing game. And I think Kojima realizes that this was probably going to be his last Metal Gear game. I have a feeling, A, he's going to go out with a fucking bang. B, I have a feeling that everything that we've seen up to this point is some type of smokescreen. He has always done something with his games that may basically you thought this was going to happen, but then it, he, he, no, 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 that's like, that's nothing compared to the rest of the game. And my, I mean, it, this isn't really a spoiler or anything like that. Cause it doesn't spoil anything with metal gear solid. Um, four, my theory is, and I saw this theory online and it is plausible is that you see, if you've seen trailers of MGS5, Snake, Big Boss, is is, is fucking war-torn. He's, he's, he's been blown up. He's, he's fucked up. He's missing an arm, missing a leg. You know, he's using prosthetics and shit like that. And there's a gap 
which we'll, we'll talk about, but there's a gap in between what happens in Ground Zeroes and when Metal Gear Solid Five comes out, and it's a seven-year gap, I think. I think it goes from, what, 1974? No, it's a nine-year gap. It goes from 74 to 83. So um, what the theory is, is that sometime or another, you're going to be playing as Big Boss, but it's not really Big Boss. And the theory is that it's actually the introduction to Decoy Octopus pretending to be Big Boss. And then the big reveal is Big Boss is somebody else. Because he never really utilized Decoy Octopus very well in the first Metal Gear Solid. Right. And I have a feeling we're going to see Decoy Octopus. Because obviously Metal Gear Solid Five is going to have to show him creating Foxhound. Yeah. Do you think we get to see eleven-year-old David, the eleven-year-old kids? Oh, I, I absolutely. I mean, right, yeah, yeah. That that last trailer that they showed, the the quote-unquote final Hideo Kojima directed trailer. It it. I mean, you you see at the very end, two young-looking blonde twins. Sitting, oh, okay. sitting there. So yeah, yeah you, you're, you're most certainly going to see young, solid, and liquid. You think you get to play as him? I don't know, but I have a feeling there is some trickery at hand. the The shit that we've seen, I have a feeling, is kind of like how he handled Metal Gear Solid Two. Just show a snake. Just show us Snake and him on that tanker, and then the rest of the fucking game, you're playing as Raiden or Raiden. Something of that nature. I could be wrong. Maybe maybe Kojima's lost his touch, but I really don't think so. But I have a feeling there is some type of bait and switch in there. I just don't know what. There, ha- yeah, there has to be. Some of these predictions in a few months. I'm... You can't ask for a more excited person than me right now to play Metal Gear Solid Five, especially after playing through all these right here. Yeah, these are really ramping me up. Oh god, because yeah. I played it, you know, it, you know, it, it always would have been an, a number one A one game for me that I wouldn't miss. Yeah, but going into it with all the context of all these games beforehand just it has me so excited. Yeah, and learning all this shit like that, I'm. When when I start playing Metal Gear Solid Four, this will be the first time I played it since I bought the game. The yeah, first, same to me. Yeah. And also, I wish I had played one, two, and three before I played four. The same way we're doing this now. So the fact that we just played one, two, and three, there, I feel like there's a good chance that I will enjoy four a lot more this time than I even did the first time, and I loved it the first time. Yeah. But I didn't, you know, I didn't remember all of one, two, and three. I hadn't played them in years, and uh, you know, the, because it's a game that does fill in all those gaps. Knowing those gaps will make those fill-ins much more satisfying. So, uh, I, yeah, I'm real excited for this one. Oh yeah, and, and five. 
And Peace Walker. Don't forget Peace Walker. Peace Walker. We're, we're acting like Peace Walker's kind of like the, the bastard stepchild. <laughs> hey, I love both Portable Ops and Peace Walker. And I almost wanted to do it justice and pull out my PSP and play Peace Walker on the PSP. I'm not going to, but I almost. Yeah, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm good on that one. I, I'm going to play the. Yeah. I don't but, the yeah. Although I have to say that uh, aside from Ground Zeroes, Peace Walker is one of the best playing Metal Gears I've ever played. Because they he introduces it in four, but four plays a lot like a shooter does. Um, but in Peace Walker, the the whole crouch walk is a fucking game changer. No longer do you have to either stand up and walk or crawl on your belly. Now you can actually crouch walk, which helps out immensely. So, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to jump into four and I'm really like every time I play these games, it's King kept saying, you're going to get Metal Gear fatigue and not want to play five. I'm like, are you kidding me? I five can come out today if I wanted it, if, if I could fucking manifest it. Like I, I, like, I want this game now. Yeah, I'm definitely getting the opposite of Metal Gear Fatigue. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, we're going to handle Metal Gear Solid uh, 4 uh, next week. And we'll be back then. Uh, but yeah, like I said, emails. Do send us some emails. It's uh, drew at ztgd.com. Uh, we'll read them on the show. Tell us about what you thought of Metal Gear Solid 3 and tell us what you think about Metal Gear Solid 4. Uh, like I said, this is the first time I've played this game since I played it the first time I ever bought it. Um, I've never replayed it. Um, and it's, it's, it's a doozy. There's, there's a lot, a lot of shit that goes on in this game. A lot of crazy shit that makes too like a it joke like a game like feels like a big game it's got a big install oh yeah yeah uh, you know it, it feels like a triple a game like you can tell that there's a lot of polish on this game and uh, uh I'm, I'm excited oh yeah uh but you can also follow us all on twitter i'm at dml fury uh, matt is at r-e-m-g-s uh, and the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. Um, you can uh, always tweet to us there. And um, yeah, I think that's about it for us. Uh, we're going to get out of here. Um, but man, I'm excited. That's it. That's all I can say. I'm, I'm excited to... Actually, just sit down and discuss four because I've never actually sat down and discussed it with anybody. You know, I've always just had it, had it, had had my thoughts to myself about it, and um, kind of wish Ken was here for this one. But yeah, me too. But you know, he he he's got his things. He will, but he he did promise me he will be when we have our big discussion on Metal Gear Solid Five. He will be with us. So so we we will do that. But until then, I'm Drew. And I'm Matt. And we're out of here. I hope you guys have a great week. But we will be back next week starting Metal Gear Solid 4, Guns of the Patriots.
But they won't know. 